Hi, I'm Dr. Trish Santos-Smith and welcome to the Pure Animal Podcast. On today's episode, we're talking to Martina McPeace about a holistic approach to managing cancer. Dr. Martina is a veterinarian who received her graduate diploma in veterinary Western herbal medicine from the College of Integrative Veterinary Therapies in 2015. She previously owned Longford Veterinary Clinic in Tasmania and now runs her own business, Hint of Time Herbal Medicine and Acupuncture for Animals. Hi, Martina. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on the Pure Animal Podcast. I'm so glad to have you here with us today. Uh, thank you very much, Trish, and um, I really appreciate being here with you. No problem. So um, today we are going to be talking about a very important topic, which is cancer and how we can manage it in a holistic way. Before we dive into it, I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about your, yourself, what made you want to you know, become a vet in the first place and then have an integrative approach when managing your your patients yes um, for me it was pretty much straightforward i was 13 14 and i always knew what i wanted to be right so for me it was no other path Mm -hmm. and um, living in europe um, in the central europe uh, we had access to forests and fields and with family, we used to go and collect herbs and harvest herbs. And my father was a keen bird watcher. And so we really grew with the nature. And, um, yeah, so we were pretty much treating ourselves with all sorts of herbal remedies. And um, usually the local vet came along and um, so we didn't go to the doctors, we went to the local vet with all all sorts of tricks in his bags. And um, yeah, so um, I did um, my studies um, in Czech Republic and then um, opportunity came to come to Australia. And so I did and um, um, another opportunity came to actually stay. So I've retrained again um, as a vet went to university and uh, got my first job um, in Scottsdale in Tasmania. And um, once again, it was a um, mixed practice. So I was uh, driving around and enjoying pretty much being out there rather than um, inside the practice. Mm-hmm. And, and um, anyhow, five years after that, I got an opportunity to buy a clinic in Longford in Tasmania. And um, so I ran it as a conventional, uh, mainly small animal practice. And through that, um, I um, uh, we obviously had to do all our uh, educational points. And when the webinars started, I signed up for the series of the web- webinars. And uh, one of them was run by Dr. Uh, Barbara Foyage, and I mm-hmm. do apologize if I did not <laughs> pronounce it correctly. And um, uh, she was running um, the um, um, Integrative uh, College of Integrative Veterinary mm-hmm. uh, Therapies. Um, and about two days later, I was signed up for for the Western Herbal Medicine um, for the 
uh, graduate diploma. And pretty much that started from there. So I started to um, introducing herbs into my treatments. And um, as I got busier with being a vet, um, I wanted to focus more on the herbs because we did have some wonderful uh, results. And um, a few years later, then I sold the practice and uh, started to focus on herbs. Um, I also um, then uh, added to it acupuncture, mm-hmm. which um, is really, really great complementary to the herbs. So the combination of acupuncture and herbs is, is can make a, a huge difference, especially in the way that it is non-invasive, um, there is hardly any side effects and pretty much only can help. So, um, yes. This is pretty much my life. Right. <laughs> and so now do you do you have a clinic now or do you practice from home? I have I have a little room little room um next to our house which I filled with herbs and uh yes yeah, so I'm I'm practicing from home. Right. And do you find your um get your patients referred from local conventional vets or how how do people um, find you? Some of them, and mainly it is uh, word of mouth. Right. And it, you're finding that you, you're you getting plenty of clients that are looking... I'm getting, yes, um, enough clients to keep me busy. Yes. To keep you busy. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, thanks for sharing that. So now, like I said, today we're talking about a condition that affects uh, many, many pets, which is cancer. And I know you're, you have an approach to cancer that is um, you approach it in more than one way and you talk about sort of like attacking the cancer. So can you tell us a little bit about how you do approach um, your cancer patients? Well, cancer is um, a word that not many people like to hear and panic and uh, mm. pretty much go straight into a fear mode. Um, cancer is a diagnosis and not a um, death sentence. Um, it is pretty much a wake-up call and it is more serious wake-up call than just runny nose. And so it really needs approaches from a number of, um, number of ways. Um, from the sort of broad approaches to um, make sure that the body has enough oxygen because cancer doesn't like oxygen. It uh, thrives in um, non-oxygen um, acidic environment and um, thrives on um, pure glucose. All right. Mm-hmm. So um, then we need to eliminate any pathogens. We need to improve nutrition, detoxify the body. Once we start um, treating the body, obviously the body starts, the cells start dying, uh, causing toxicity. So we need to take care of that as well, not just to kill the cells, unhealthy cells, but also give the body a chance to detoxify. So um, it has to be tired and slow, slowish process rather than, Mm -hmm. you know, throw everything at them and expect that they will get better. Uh, Then we have to enhance immunity. And uh, quite important also is the emotional state. And because animals do take on 
um, our emotions. And so many times I've um, heard clients telling me we diagnosed something in a pattern. They say, oh, interesting. Um, I've been diagnosed with the same thing too you know, right. a couple of days back. Right? And it, is, it, it was common enough um, for me to delve into the unknown of the quantum fields. Because the thought, the thought can make us sick and can make us healthy. And one of the really good examples, it's not a cancer patient, but it was a Dr. Joe Dispenza um, who had a accident and had few vertebrae um, broken and was told he's never going to walk. And uh, because he understood um, this placebo, nocebo, this um healing by the thought, mm-hmm. um, six weeks of three, four hours of daily meditation, rebuilding his spine. He was walking and 10 weeks later he was um, training for uh, triathlon again. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, so it is very important. And one of my very successful um, case that pretty much wasn't even my case in one way, was when we diagnosed the tissue sarcoma um, um, in a patient in a leg that was very hard to operate on. So we're talking about chemo and um, conventional therapies. And uh, the lady went and um, had a bit of thought about it. And one very important thing also to understand about cancer is that it didn't happen yesterday. It took time to develop. And so we do have time to sit down, have a cup of tea, calm down, and have a thought about what we want to do, right? Yeah. So the lady had that time, and um, she came back um, a few days later, and she decided not to go ahead with those treatments. And she said, oh, we'll treat my dog as he's healthy. She did that uh, about four months later when I saw him again. Um, that lump was um, half of the size and um, the the dog um, passed on from natural causes at the end of his normal life. Mm. Right? So it did not shorten his life. And since then, it was just sort of eye-opening how much the thought is important in um, um, in the treatment. It's not yeah. just improve diet, give herbs, but it's also the emotion. So half of the time we really need to heal the client yeah. to help the animal, right? And so that was, um, it is a very, very important part of um, the regime that sometimes is being forgotten. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so... Um, yeah, so pretty much um, it is. It is a, it's a, a combination, journey. isn't it? No. Yes, yes. So we can't, it's not, a, a, and it, it has to be tailored to individual individual uh, patients. Right? So what works for one may not work for the other one. Right? And mm-hmm. so not only that, uh, for example, so we'll speak about the herbs, then they are different herbs that, or different ways how to approach it. We can help with um, 
uh, starting up the cell death induction, so yeah. uh, which cancers stopped recognizing, so keep reproducing. Um, we can help with um, so helping the cells to differentiate again, so they are immature, just random cells, and hence once again stopping the um, overpopulation of this growth. Yeah. We have. Uh, we have uh, herbs that uh, got the cytotoxic agents. That means that they are actually killing the unhealthy yeah. cancerous yeah. cell. Then we have herbs that can stop invasion of the very young and aggressive vessels because cancer has to have nutrition, and so it or it um, produces enzymes and. Um, switches on um, this uh, rapid production of very, very uh, fragile veins. Um, and so there are herbs that can actually stop that production. Then um, we can inhibit the local invasion and we can inhibit metastasis. And so it's there's once again, no, no, a, a one, yeah. one will one, fit all. Yes, it, yes. It, it, yeah, we, we pretty Need much have yeah, tailor. Yeah, tailor. You know all that, so um, yeah, and and seems to be working really well. You know, another of the cases that was um, quite amazing was um, a doctor developing um, oral melanoma, and came with a lump. It was about small walnut size. Uh, the lady didn't want to have it tested because she was a bit financial. And so we removed it um, with um, hopefully you know, enough the margins mm -hmm. so it doesn't grow back. Four months later, it was back in that time. We did remove it again, tested it and um, you know, came back with aggressive melanoma or invasive melanoma. And we knew that um, I didn't remove it all because I could see right. it. And so she agreed to the treatments. And once again, we've developed, um, developed a regime for her. And uh, the rock, um, it didn't come back for two years. By that time, the rock was about 17. Right. So it, um, it is a simple, lots of the time, the success uh, we see is because the clients or the, the, um, the clients do and pet owners do believe um, in the success themselves, mm -hmm. that I don't have to persuade them. Yes. Uh, let's try this and it may help. Right? Um, and that is a, really the beauty of, of my small practice now with the integrative medicine that we're still using diagnostic tools. And obviously, if someone breaks a leg, you know, I don't do acupuncture, we send them straight into the orthopedic surgeon. Yes, of course. But then, for example, we can help with the uh, recovery and the rehabilitation oh, and speed it up. Um, but then, yes. Yeah. Um, because I'm focusing most of this, um, the clients are aware that they are coming to integrative clinic. And so most of them pretty much do believe and then once again helps because of the power of the thought. Yeah. And so I wanted to go a little bit into details of 
all your different approaches. I know you've spoken about some of them, but we, if we start with the first one that you mentioned, um, the oxygenation, which is important to address the cancer, how could we improve a dog's oxygenation? Look, as simple as a daily walk, even a short one, right? Um, so many people still smoke and they might not be aware that the dogs will passive smoke, right? Mm-hmm. And so even as simple as taking them outside, they might say oh, they don't want to walk and they're too tired. And, you know, so a little simple um, daily walk being outside, it's very important. You know, increase the heart rate a bit. Yeah. And then then um, they are ways like uh, um, ozone therapy. Right? Ozone therapy is wonderful. I do not have the units how uh, we can refer refer uh, clients to. Um, there is a lovely vet um, in Sandy Bay in Hobart. That mm-hmm. she, he's got he's got the unit, so we can refer refer for this treatment to him. Um, there is um, ozone suppositories that can actually help as well. And um, um, it's easy for clients to learn how to insert those suppositories and um, uh, rectal insertion mm-hmm. pretty much um, is very quick way how to get um, medications into the body. Yeah. Are the clients usually happy to do, to do that? Uh, some are, some not. <laughs> I can imagine yes. some wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, or, for example, you might have um, hydroxyperoxide um, that you can put into a diffuser to increase the level of oxygen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so there are a yeah, number of ways, number of ways, um, yes, that um, that we can do to improve to improve that. But simple, you know, proper breathing, good exercise, keeping the pets Keeping the pets in good condition, lean condition, is obviously because uh, they are more likely than to go for the walk, right? and um, that way, that way, uh, yeah, they can improve improve that. Great. Okay, that's that's great advice. Now, uh, nutrition in general is another thing that's um, really gaining popularity and um, people wanting to feed the dogs in the best way that they can. And this is really, you touched on this before, really important um, for cancer patients as well. So how do you incorporate nutrition when, you know, managing some of your patients and what, I suppose, what kind of diet changes do you recommend and do you tailor that uh, according to each patient or there's certain things that they they all need to avoid in the diet? Look, absolutely. Like we are what we eat right? and so it does apply to pets and our patients, right? Um, the, the principle, once again, of cancer is that it thrives on glucose, and uh, low pH. And so uh, the more raw and uh, fresh food, actually the better. Mm-hmm. And so quite often we do take um, 
the patients of processed food. Uh, processed food is not that great for us and mm-hmm. it's not that great for our pets either. And processed food um, quite often does drop the uh, uh, blood pH down or general right. body pH down. Um, and um, it's um, so quite often we do, we do, um, Change from feeding feeding uh, processed food to raw food or cooked diet. It depends. Mm-hmm. Some some of the patients might not quite stomach raw, um, and so we can lightly cook it. But for example, you know there is um, lots of talks about balanced diet and um, commercial food feeds being more balanced than um, homemade diet. Yeah, but then. Um, if we delve into, for example, if you um, uh, include uh, the muscle meat and organ meat, which we still can get, like liver, kidney, uh, tripe, uh, small bones, uncooked bones, then we are supplementing lots of uh, lots of um, the minerals mm-hmm. and vitamins into that into that diet, um, then um, dogs, for example, should have a meaty diet for about four or five days a week and then can have a day or two days off um, uh, to recover. Um, they can have, on those days they then don't have meat, can have greens. Now they can have parsley and sprouts and grasses, Wheatgrass or barley grass. They can have beetroot, celery leaves, and broccolis, and you know all those spinaches. And I've read a study just recently when they actually cooked the greens, mm-hmm. um, spinach and broccoli and kale, and um, by cooking it even for ten minutes, it increased uh, levels of vitamin A. So might have destroyed vitamin C by cooking, but then there is other ways how you can supplement vitamin C. Um, and so cooking it, cooking it, it did improve the uh, levels of vitamin A in natural way. And so um, I really do believe our grandma used to say how if you've got any disease you make yourself a chicken broth yeah yeah (laughs) yeah. that is a silver silver bullet and so because the bone broth has got such wonderful properties and so uh, I actually call it stew because uh, we put all sorts of fruit, vegetables, and green leaves with it. Now um, you have a slow cooker. Uh, put it all in in the morning. You can go to work or do all your stuff. Come back in the evening. All's nicely cooked, and um, can put it into containers. Um, obviously, can't have those cooked bones, but mm-hmm. um, can have the mean of the bones and um, and um, either have it as a meal for your pet or um, sieve, sieve the broth and um, add the broth to, um, to the diet um, on a daily basis. There were studies, actually in human studies, for high-performing athletes um, for the cartilage recovery by using bone broth. Right, uh, so okay. It's got, it's, 
it does have wonderful properties. And for example, um, for uh, I am using it um, for my um, irritable bowel mm-hmm. uh, patients um, for at least three months on a daily basis. Once, once again, can assist assist with the recovery. So, uh, with more easily available, plus um, our pets tend to put a bit more weight on on conventional diet, yeah. right? Because, for example, kibbles, they um, unless you uh, water them a bit, um, they swell in the tummy and might take up to 20 minutes before they mechanically feel that they are full. And so they keep looking they for and keep eating and, <laughs> and keep eating and kept. And everyone knows about those brown puppy eyes looking at you mm. and your subheart says, oh, well, you can have time a bit more. <laughs> and so we're all guilty of that. And so yeah, they tend to tend to overeat, and in some cases, not exercise enough. And so, with the raw diet, it tends to fill them up mechanically a bit more, especially mm-hmm. if you bulk it up with um, all those um, greens and carrots and um, sweet potatoes. You know, pound a bit of pumpkin, make it make it a bit more interesting for them. And so, and then you've got you know, all sorts of supplements, uh, vitamins and minerals that uh, we can add to it because uh, obviously uh, magnesium, selenium, zinc, very important supplements that uh, even our veggies, because um, the ground is depleted, obviously. So if the ground is depleted, it um, cannot put it in um, in the plants. And so um, all all these can be supplemented supplemented and um, it then can become close to balanced diet yeah okay. right? that might be a bit more of um, help with um, with um, recovering and or you know uh, addressing addressing the nutrition yeah and if you when you get presented with those patients that are 100% on a commercial diet, do you try to change them um, fully into like a more natural um, with a bone broth diet or do you do it gradually um, with them? Oh, look, this is one million dollar question. <laughs> <laughs> um, once again, all is very individual uh, and sometimes we do have to compromise, uh, especially in pets. The cats, it's very hard to change diet. With cats, we should introduce them to all sorts of different foods, whether it might be commercial diet and or um, raw food, natural food, when they are kittens, when they're young. Because to introduce them to something else they've been used to is not that easy. Mm. And so we definitely do it very slowly. You know, it is um, over a period of time to adjust the gut flora to the new diet. We don't want to set them back doing things quickly. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we do compromise that, for example, one meal is raw, one meal is um, uh, 
uh, one meal might be um, a commercial. Um, they are also um, you know, voices that will say, oh, well, it's not going to work because quick change of the diet mm. like that, um, you are not doing a good to the gut because yeah. the enzymes and the bacteria, it seems to be working for some and to to help them, well, I'll come back to um, Dr. Joe Dispenza again, who says, you can't, and I'm not, I'm just rephrasing, mm-hmm. it's not a quote, <laughs> uh, you can't fix the issue with the way the issue happened. Right? And so um, if we're talking about cancer, we do have to change things. We can't just say, okay, um, let's do these herbs, don't change anything else, mm-hmm. and it will help. It won't because, once again, it is a, a wake-up call and it is a serious wake-up call mm. and just um, it won't happen unless we address most of the ways um, how the cancer works. Yeah. Right. And so, and so, definitely, there will be some of them. Some of them, we might. Um, I had a couple that they did have to stay on commercial food, and then we'll try to find commercial food that um, is sort of the closest to, you know, a, a diet that might be helpful. They actually started to do. I have seen for cats a little sachet with broth. Mm-hmm. Uh, bone broth, All right? So, for example, so we put them on that, and so instead of clients cooking it, they might use the commercial stuff. So they are. Then you've got you know those uh, baths diet. And yeah, the, 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 um, it is actually getting getting better on the market. That is more variety um, of commercial diets. Um, that that the patients might actually accept. Yeah, yeah, and easier mm. for the pet owners to and to, easy yeah. and and it is yeah yeah yeah. Um. So and touching on um, you were mentioning the herb supplements before as well, and how they can help with the cancer. I I assume that you'd use lots of different ones for different types of cancers, but. Can you maybe talk about the the most common ones that they use and and how they help with the cancer? Um, yes, and once again, it's not there is no a you know one fits all yeah of course um, approach, but um, for example, the I just made a li- um, little list mm-hmm. right? so so. If we address the apoptosis, the cell death, and differentia- differentiation and cytotoxic uh, uh, effect, and the inhibition of the angiogenesis, which is the growth of the cells, and the local invasion and the inhibition of mm-hmm. metastasis, the ones they came in most um, most of these um, abilities to do are uh, flavonoids. And flavonoids are your colors, right? Mm-hmm. Natural colors. And so it could be as simple as um, dropping a few blueberries into the food every day, every night, 
time, we've got 30 kilos organic blueberries in our freezer for the winter. <laughs> and so, and so um, they have all these abilities, okay? And so, once again, that can be added to the food, but it is also medicine. Uh, and we don't need to extract it mm-hmm. from the berries. Um, the pets might like it. Um, and um, that would be one way. Um, I do quite often um, um, encourage encourage uh, clients to do the golden paste, the turmeric paste, mm-hmm. which is very easy to make. Um, and uh, once again, turmeric's got... Um, anti-cancer property, anti-inflammatory property, once again, inflammation. We need to attack, uh, not attack, we need to address the inflammation as well because inflammation mm-hmm. in the body causes, once again, lowering the pH. And so, once again, cancer can thrive on that. And turmeric, easily available, easily to do. Uh, lots of animals accepting it quite well because it's uh, melted in coconut oil. We found a bit of pepper um, and um, has all these wonderful properties. Um, something like marshmallow root, it's mucilage, really great. Very have to be a bit careful with marshmallow if the pets are on any other medications because um, they can prevent or slow absorption of those medications. Right. But um, yes, the marshmallows um, a wonderful herb because it works as covering all and moisturizing all mucous membranes. Got um, anti-inflammatory properties um, and works as as a nutrient as well. So nutrient properties. Okay. And I like all the weeds. You know, we've got weeds. We've got dandelion. Uh, um, growing everywhere and you know some people are getting rid of it but dandelion um, there was a study on um, uh, dandelion root and it's got some very strong anti-cancer properties right. you know? and and the leaves are diuretics and so helping in the detox right? so, and you can eat dandelion put it in fresh in salads you can make tea of it you can dry it you, know, you can make tincture um, you can have um, all sorts of there is a um, a honey made of um, dandelion um, a recipe for um, honey made of dandelion flowers right? mm. so all the plants got wonderful healing properties right so um they uh, so yeah um i really can't say oh look i do love um I do love thyme because thyme is such an universal um, herb that's got antiviral, antibacterial uh, properties. You can, it's got the essential oils, so you can use it topically, you can use it in creams, you can use it um, internally in a tincture. Smells beautiful, you can cook with it, you know, it's a preservative for food. so it's got such a universe of properties. It's absolutely wonderful. So it's very hard for me to pick one. Yeah, because there's so many that are good. <laughs> it's, yeah, because once again, you know, as I said, um, when when I speak about these um, a bit more tailored approaches, lots of the herbs actually do repeat because they have, herb as such, they have complex chemistry. 
And that's the beauty about them. And the complex chemistry um, complements each other. And it's called synergetic mm-hmm. effect. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so, and and I don't think it's even understood completely or researched completely. Okay. All these uh, beautiful synergetic effects. And so, um, um, as I said, you know, one herb can can have different ways how to actually help with with eliminating the cancer. Another thing is that we not necessarily have to eliminate cancer um, and cure it. Not always it is possible. Um, We can help the patient to actually live with it and have a happy life to full potential. And when I go back to um, my example of um, one of my first patients, the one that uh, um, the lady... Uh, pretty much use her thoughts of a healthy dog and um, use pretty much the quantum fields. Um, he never um, cured the cancer. The lump was still there, but we didn't need to operate. We didn't need to take it off and do all sorts of skin grafts and skin um, skin um, repositions and to cover all the defect that we would cause, would have caused with the surgery and so he lived with it until he was you know elderly and had full full and happy life and so that's another thing that I think it's important to mention and and important to really remove some of the fear from the word and from the condition yeah of course so even though you might not be eliminating and treating the cancer, but you are improving that quality of life and, you know, life can still go on quite nicely. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, the other thing you mentioned quite early on as well that I wanted to touch on was the importance of, you know, eliminating any pathogens and try to enhance immunity. Um, for the patient. So, you know, how can we make sure, you know, that we're just giving that body the best state to to fight cancer? Once again, improving, we're talking about the balance, about the homeostasis, okay? Mm -hmm. And so if we've got pathogens, we know that we are in this balance. And um, we can eliminate pathogens uh, with herbs and with um, with the um, acupuncture. And that's where actually I like the acupuncture as well because we're working on the energetic fields and blockages. We're attracting blood and circulation to the points they need them and taking her out where too much of it. And in from Chinese um, Chinese point of view, um, cancer is actually a blockage. You know, it's a block in the uh, blockage in, in the energy energy flow, mm-hmm. causing the nodule, and then um, it escalates from there. And um, so, once we start improving immunity, then the body actually does help and it's a bit stronger to eliminate all these. There was, you know, another another study done that where where certain um, it was by a coroner and certain human conditions were correlating with 
certain type of parasites. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, uh, once again, we can eliminate par- parasites not just with a tablet, but also with some herbs. And once we improve immunity, the body starts dealing with it um, uh, with it um, on its own accord. Right. And so um, pathogens can cause inflammation. Inflammation, once again, um, attracts cancer and de- decreases pH and attracts cancer. Right. and causes uh, low pH and acidity. It then um, uh, decreases the oxygen oxygen levels, and um, once again we are back to we are back to the issue. Yeah. So um, if there is if there is any not not everyone will have you know every patient we have uh, uh, different pathogens. Mm-hmm. But um, if if they are, we obviously have to address them. Right? And so once again, we prefer doing herbally. Um, sometimes we do uh, integrate the approaches, and that means um, we do still um, go into the conventional medicine help. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once once we are on the top of it, we go back to um, the herbal acupuncture acupuncture maintenance. Right. And enhancing immunity as well, do you um, use that through, do that through nutrition as well? Yes, yes. Um, back to the saying, we are what we eat. Yeah. And so, you know, if you go to McDonald's um, for every meal, you know, I leave it there, whether you think you'd be healthy. <laughs> and so, And so we really need to eat high-density food. And if we eat high-density food, we have enough nutrition for the energy and for the healing processes because healing processes do require more energy. And um, so that's definitely diet, right? Um, There was one example when um, I got a bit busy and – uh, had a client with a patient and I asked them kindly if they could come back for the herb, herb tincture. Uh, it was Friday afternoon and I had still a few surgeries to do uh, on Monday, but we discussed change of change of diet and um, she came back on Monday and she said just she started the change of diet on the weekend and the dog improved already just by changing the diet. Within a few right? days. Within a few days, right? Just just over the weekend. And she was really wrapped up and, and got the tincture and the dog kept improving. And so uh, obviously diet is a huge, a huge thing. And then we use um, herbs for immune support, you know, um, a beautiful herb for immune support, echinacea, how easily, easily available. And uh, astragalus is another one, nice and sweet root. It's just you know, beautiful. You can make it in tea. You can have it in tincture. And um, ashwagandha, which is one of yeah. the um, yeah, once again quite known, quite known herb. And so they are all helping strengthen the immunity. Once the immunity is uh, working well, you know, it just rolls, you know, starts rolling on and rolling on. So. So it is not a simple approach. Um, we can't expect that 
you know, doing stuff and taking one thing and expecting that it will all go away. As once again, back to Joe Dispenza, we have to become someone else. And so we have to do it for our pets if we want them to improve. They can't have the same lifestyle. And that that includes the the clients. So maybe it will change the client's lifestyle as well. Yeah. If they have to take um, their little doggy for a walk, you know, an extra walk, not only in the morning but in the afternoon as well, you know, to improve the oxygen levels, to give them a tiny bit of exercise. Yeah. Well, thank oh, Martina. That it's been fantastic. Thank you so much for you know sharing all your knowledge um, with us. Is is there anything? that you feel that we haven't covered or that you would, you know, like to share with us before we go? Um, look, I think that we've covered a fair a fair bit in sort of general. Um, what I'd like to say is just, as I said, take it as a diagnosis and go home if, if your pet has been diagnosed. Go home, do listen to your vet take all the information, get as much information and uh, prognosis and possible options, go home, take a deep breath Mm -hmm. or two or three, have a cup of tea and have a think about it, all right? It is is a diagnosis, all right? It can be things, can be done. Expectations, sometimes we do expect a quick fix and with cancer it's not quite the case. So tile of expectation to the issue. Do look into the diet and quite often the diet for our clients actually improves with the diet for the pets. (laughs) And so, yeah, um, I think that... The fear is a huge issue and um, we really need to sort of decrease the fear of the word, that what the word actually um, is associated with. Um, and, um, yeah, because they are, they are not always we succeed, right? We not always have success, obviously. It mm-hmm. does depend on the type of the cancer. However, even if the lifespan is shortened, um, sometimes what we can achieve is, you know, pain-free or much happier ending rather than ending in the pain and, you know, in cachexia where the body is just wasting away. So even that is a success. So, yeah, I think, you know, the main point would be you know, less fear, more optimism, because the, the help can be there. Yeah, yeah. but it does take that does take time bit of time bit of work. Well, thank you so much, Martina, for taking time of your busy schedule to you chat to are us. Welcome. I really appreciate it. It's been absolutely lovely. <laughs> thank you very much. This was the Pure Animal Podcast, and I'm Dr. Trish Santos Smith. If you enjoyed our chat with Martina McPeace today then please feel free to jump onto iTunes and give us a rating and review.